to Hebrews chapter number 12. And while you're turning, I'm just going to talk just for a minute. <clears throat> and I, I, I told the last time I preached on a Sunday, it was a couple of Sunday nights ago, and uh, we, we preached about the, the Christian and his enemy. And I told you that the, the series about the maturing Christian is, is ending. And, and I honestly thought about just ending it with that and, and letting it lie. And the more and more I thought and the more and more I prayed about it, I, I could not get peace with, with leaving God's people with the fact that there's an enemy out there that's wanting to kill you. And just let it go. And so, um, I, two weeks ago, I began to pray, and God gave me this message, and and um, I didn't preach last Sunday, and and so I thought, well, maybe that's it. And all this week, this message is still on my heart, and and even today, in Sunday school, brother David, he said some things that that really just kind of just kind of um, clarified some things in my heart about the message today. And so, as far as that last message, some of y'all weren't here, and I'll not re-preach it, of course, but I preached about that mature Christian and his enemy, and I told you about the enemy's names and how he was called the devil and Lucifer and Satan and your adversary, the accuser of the brethren, and so on and so forth, and and then his devices, Ephesians chapter 5 or 6, I believe it, Chapter 6, I believe, talks about the wiles of the devil and how that he'll attack our heart and our mind and our body and this, that, and the other. And then his purpose, his purpose is to devour you, to completely destroy you. He doesn't just want to brush up and scrape you, though he may do that, but he wants to devour you. And then we talked about his associates, and he's got folks possibly even here this morning that are wearing a religious name tag, if I could say that, that, that he uses to, to, to just plant seeds of doubt and seeds of bitterness. And I was reading over, this ain't got nothing to do with it, but you might want to look at it. In verse number 15, we're going to read chapter number 12, verse number 2, but I was rereading this this morning, brother Buster, and I got just plumb tore up in the living room. Because verse number 2 says, looking unto Jesus. But verse number 15 says, looking diligently. Looking diligently at what? Looking diligently at Jesus. That's why. Because verse 15 says, lest at any man fail at the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. And so this morning, I want to encourage you, if you've got your eyes off of Jesus Please, church, be careful because there might be a root of bitterness somewhere that may spring up. And I want to encourage you to be careful. Look to Jesus. Brother David, you did a great job this morning. And man, what truth you spoke this morning. Peter was looking at Jesus, but still he began to sing. But it wasn't because he looked at Jesus. It's because he looked and he saw the wind. And, And so what happened? He got his eyes off of Jesus. And it can happen just like that. And so, that's where my heart is this morning, and it is to encourage you today. Yes, we have an enemy, and he is stronger than you and I are. And he's he's got a lot of associates, and he's got a lot of ways that he can attack us. 
But I want you to know that that's not the end of the mature Christian. Somebody help me say amen right there. So we want to look at our text now. We're going to look at verse number 1 and 2 and then reach across the page there maybe to verse number 12 and 13. The Scripture says, again, Hebrews 12, verse number 1 and 2, Wherefore, and this word wherefore now, you got to go back to chapter number 11. He talked about all these these Old Testament saints that were that that were men and that were women of faith, and he says, "Wherefore, thinking about all these people, says, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us." Now, again, I need you to remind you, this is not our our message tonight. But he says, as we go through this race, as we're going through our Christian life, he says, think about those people that we read about in verse number, or in chapter number 11. If I could say it like this, we, we didn't personally know Moses and Abraham, but we knew people like Hubert Troutman and... Sammy Allen and Stennett Ballou and, and John Den and, 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 and a bunch of others. And, and so as we think about that, those men, we think about Jane Ruiz and we think about others that we knew. We think about Deke Walker that we knew and how that they lived their life in faith. Then it kind of brings it all down. It boils it down to a point. And he says, knowing that these walk by faith, he says, I need you to do whatever it takes to, to lay aside all the weight. And if there is some sin that has beset you, that it is, that has pressed you back, that has hindered you in your race, back to have a fit. He says, I need you to lay it aside and so that you can run your race. And he says, I need you to do that. But, but even as you're doing it, he says, I need you to get your eyes fixed on something. Verse number 2, he says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. Verse number 12, he says, Wherefore, again, because of this, He says, wherefore lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Can I say it like this without doing any damage to the Scripture? As I've mentioned, verse number one, and then he says, I I need you now to look to Jesus. And he gives you some stuff there in verse number two about Jesus. And he says he's the author and the finisher of our faith. And he says, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame and on so on and so forth. But in verse number 12, he says, because of that, now verse number, verse number one says, because of chapter number 11, because of those people. But verse number 12 says, because of Him. Amen. Because of what He has done. And because, 
Because of who He is and because of what He has accomplished, He said, I need you to lift up your heads that hang down. I need you to lift up your hands that hang by your side. I need you to straighten your legs that your knees are bent low. He says, I need you to straighten your paths and and don't go to the right or to the left. He said, don't weeble wobble, but rather set your feet straight on the path. How that God has laid out for you. Not necessarily because of those men and those women that have gone. Because of the man. Because of Christ Jesus. Because of the Lamb of God. Because of the Son of God. Because of Jesus Christ. Our Savior. Our joint heir. Who we are with Him. Hey, I'm telling you, because of Him, we can lift up our heads. We can lift up our shoulders. We can square them back. We can straighten our legs and we can get on a straight course. Can I tell you this morning, it's because yes, we've got an enemy and our enemy's out to get us, but I want you to know, here's your title, there's something for the maturing Christian in Christ. God gives us something uh, to carry on. He gives us this growth that we have, uh, that we've been through since January. Uh, But I want you to know, He tells us, He warns us about our enemy. But I'm glad this morning that he, He seals the deal with Christ. He says, if you, hey, He says, if you get too overwhelmed thinking about Satan, you remember Christ. He said, if you get too overwhelmed in the fire, you remember Christ. Man, oh my goodness, you think about, you think about Brother Dave again. I hate to keep referring back, but it was good. You think about the flood. You think about how that uh, Peter was sinking in the depths of the sea. I think it was the Sea of Galilee. And what happened? Jesus was there. How you think about the three Hebrew boys over there in the book of Daniel and they were in the Fire and who did Nebuchadnezzar see? He saw a fourth man like unto the Son of God. And so we see up on the mountaintop when Abraham was trying to do what he's supposed to do and slay his only son Isaac. And he saw what? He saw a ram caught in the thicket and it was a substitutionary sacrifice for Isaac. And so he was a picture even on the mountaintop of Jesus Christ. And wrote about the about to run about the lily of the valley. That's a picture of Jesus Christ. It does not matter how you think about the prophet over in the cave. It wasn't in the wind, or it wasn't in the in the fire. It wasn't in the rain. It wasn't in the earthquake. But it was in the still small voice that the presence of God visited him. So no matter what, no matter when, no matter where, the Son of God is available for you and I. You might be about to quit this morning because the last time you heard your preacher preach about being mature, and there was an enemy bounded on your door trying to bite your head off. But I want you to know, honey, there is a Christ that is so much more and so much bigger and so much stronger than what that enemy is. Oh, he might beat his chest and say, look at me. He might beat his chest and stick out his tongue and say, look what I've done and look what I can do and look what I'm going to do. I'm going to get your 
your wife. I'm going to get your husband. I'm going to get your about to run. I'm going to get your child. But on the cross 2,000 years ago, Jesus laid down his life. And so, hey, hey, he wasn't trying to devour anybody. But he said these words prior to the cross. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so to that wife that's about to check out, he says, come to me. Unto that husband that's looking the other way, he says, come to me. Unto that child that's about to slip away, he says, come unto me. I want you to know how everything that we're scared of in Satan, Jesus Christ is the answer today. So we look at the message today. We find, I gave you about that much of the introduction so far. I forgot I had stuff wrote down. I'm glad, very quickly, I'll just give you these. I'm glad that there is someone, as opposed to the enemy, someone on our side. (laughs) Someone that's defending us in life and in death. John chapter number 10, verse number 10. He says, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. He says in verse number 4 of First John chapter 4, he says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Oh, hey, we might, we might say, I think there's a baby, help me, there might be a little bitty, a little, little kid song about greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I don't know. Oh, but I want you to know, I don't care if I'm 177 years old, I need to be reminded every once in a while that there's somebody awful, sure enough, forever more big, living in me that can conquer any demon that comes against me. Somebody say amen right there. But then, how oh, we look at 1 Corinthians 15, 57, Paul says, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He had just asked a question, and we'll reference this here in just a minute. He says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Then in verse 57, he says that Christ gives us the victory. Romans 8, uh, 31 and 37, he said, What shall we say then to these things? He said, If God be for us, who can be against us? What a picture that is. Verse 37, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. So it is this defender, as I mentioned, He's the defender in life and death, so it is this defender of our faith that I want to talk about just a little bit this morning. Believe it or not, I only have two points. Somebody just go ahead and run around the building right there. Number one, I want you to know Christ announced. Verse number two, it uses this phrase. He says, looking unto Jesus. In other words, that, that, that means all eyes need to be on Him. And, and as I was looking at this, I didn't find it anywhere. It just kind of, in, in my own mind, it gave me a, a picture. Uh, you remember back in those, I guess it would be medieval days where, where some old boy would, would, would get the mail and the king or the governor would have to make an announcement. And the town crier would be called and he'd have that, that scroll and he'd get out and somebody blow a trumpet and that man would say, hear ye, hear ye. And he'd go on every, every corner and he would repeat it, hear ye, hear ye. And that's what's happening here. The Holy Ghost is talking to the writer here and he's pinning it down and he's saying, hear ye, hear ye. 
You need to get your eyes off of everyone and everything and fix your eyes upon Christ. This word looking, it means to avert your eyes from all other things. Now, it is a great thought this morning when you think back to chapter number 11. It's a great thought. It's a great sight when if we can close our eyes and in our mind's eye or in our heart's eye, we could see those maybe standing around the portals of glory clapping and waving us on and saying, if I can make it, you can make it. I've been through that battle. You can go through that battle. Just one more battle to go and you'll be home. Just one more step and you'll be through that flood. You'll be out of that battle. You'll be out of that trouble. Don't give up. It's a blessing to understand that. It's a blessing to find hope and help and and comfort during those things. And now we can't forget those that are here among us this morning. Uh, I could go nearby from pew to pew and talk about the faith that's been exhibited uh, from pew to pew. uh, Whether it's finding a job, whether it's moving churches, uh, whether it's moving physically to come to a place, whether it's marrying a spouse or whether it's purchasing something or purchasing a business, purchasing land, no matter what it may be, there's faith that's here today and we cannot be blinded by the faith of those that are compassing us here in this world. And we can find encouragement here in this world as we can those that have gone astray. But here, here we go. What did the Bible say? Looking unto those that have gone on before. No. Looking unto those that are around you. No, that's not what he said. He said, looking unto Jesus. Now, it's a fearing, cheering thought to, to know the faith that they lived to reach their goal. And in our race and in our fight, this great cloud of witness, they encourage us. But I'll just say but. A big B-U-T, but... In our race, in our fight, we may quickly look at this person or at that person. We may quickly look up and see this great cloud of witnesses, but our gaze must be fixed upon Jesus Christ. There's nothing wrong this morning. I, 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 for whatever reason, as I was getting ready, I think because I had a yellow tie on, and I don't know why. Every time I think of yellow, Miss Irene, I think of Brother Deke. I, was that his favorite color? Or something I have no idea. But, but I, I said, no, I'm gonna wear this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear it for Brother Deke. And Brother Deke could care what color. He could care less what color I'm wearing today. He got better things to thank God about. Amen. <laughs> but hey, I got to, I got to thinking about that. I said, I'm gonna wear it. Brother Deke didn't give me this. He didn't give me this, but it just got me thinking about that. So all morning I've been thinking about him. And you mentioned something about him this morning in Sunday school. And then here she, she started testifying about, about that. You must love Brother Deke a whole lot to go to piano class and to music school to try to learn to sing with your husband. My wife loves me so much she won't try to teach me how to sing. Or she just says, you got it or you don't. She, she, she loves me that much. I'm talking about that's Holy Ghost right there. Cause she likes being married. Too much. We can think about those people that have gone on for a while, but we got to look to Jesus. See, Jesus was Christ. Jesus was announced 
He's the writer. The Bible says that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the one that pinned down once upon a time. And He is the one that for many gone past and the ones that many in the future will maybe one day write the words they lived happily ever after. He is the one that pinned in the beginning and the one that pinned the amen. He knows every turn and every tunnel that we'll cross. He knows the highs and the lows that we'll go through. He knows the length and the brevity of our life. And I want you to know today as the Scripture tells us who how this Christ is that he is the finisher of our faith. It says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. There was no joy in the cross, but the joy came beyond the cross. The joy that was set before him was when the day back in the graveyard, the curse you got saved. The joy that was set before him was on December 10th, when you got December, whatever it was, when you got saved. The joy that was set before him is when you gave your heart to Christ, when you accepted that free gift. And so what did he do? The Bible says that he endured the cross. He despised the shame. But now he is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So it's true that our Christian friends and our loved ones, they fought a good fight and they finished their course and, and I don't, I don't, I don't discount that at all. Man alive. I'm thankful that there's a heritage both here at this church and in our families. But it was Christ that first fought with joy the battle that lay before him. It was Christ that, that fought the battle of temptation of which he was victorious. You remember what the scripture said, if I could find it real quick, I'm going to say it's in Hebrews chapter number 4. Maybe it was, maybe it's not, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, there it goes, verse number 15. It says, we have not a high priest which can not be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. You see, Jesus fought the battle of temptation, but yet he was victorious. He fought the battle of shame and disgrace. You remember as he was walking up that road named the Via Dolorosa, the road to the cross. As he was walking up that, he was spat upon. Uh, he was, he was cursed at. He was hit. He was beaten before then. He was beaten. He was mocked (coughs) on the cross of Calvary. He was again spit at. He was mocked. He was stripped naked. And then the thorn, or rather the the spear pierced his side. I want you to know today that Jesus suffered shame and disgrace, but yet he too was victorious over those things. The battle of the cross Itself, which belonged to us. You remember that cross that Jesus was on. That middle cross, as, as, as we understand it. That middle cross belonged not to Jesus, but to Barabbas. But I'm glad that Jesus took Barabbas' place. And as a picture of salvation, Brother Jody, he took my place. And He took your place. Because we deserve to be there. We deserve to die. We deserve the the curse of that one that hung upon the tree. But I'm glad that God's plan was that His Son would die upon the tree for all mankind. 
He fought the battle of the cross of which he was victorious. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. I mentioned that earlier in verse 55, 1 Corinthians 15. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? But verse number 57, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Revelation, Jesus says in verse number 18 of chapter 1, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am, not was, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. After all, you remember the Bible says, the Bible records Jesus' words in John chapter number 11, verse number 25. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so if Jesus said that in John chapter number 11, and He wasn't crucified until later, chapters of the book, what did he say in chapter 11? I am the resurrection and the life. There was no need to doubt him, though many of them did. Though some followed him afar off. Those doubted him. Though some betrayed him. I want you to know that Jesus was true to his word. He gave his life on the cross. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. But the third day he rose up victorious over death, hell, and the grave today. That's who we have today. As a mature Christian, that's who is on your side. Let me, let me retract what I said. Whether you're mature or immature, can I assure you today that Christ is on your side? If you're growing in grace and you're growing in the Lord, I don't think you have to wait to get to a certain point for Christ to be on your side. He's on your side. Can somebody help me right there? Of the day that you asked God to save you, He was fighting for you. I said the day you asked God to save you, He was fighting for you. And so just trust that He's on your side. And then number two, we saw Him announced, but number two, Christ is appointed. The name of Christ is the anthem for every child of God. For every child of God, Christ is the anthem. We, we, we sing about the name of Christ. Last Sunday, we sang that song, there's... Something about that name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Master, say whatever the lyrics say. We sing about the, the name of Jesus. But there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust. Trust what? Jesus and obey. Obey who? Jesus. There's, there's something about that name Jesus. The Scripture tells us in Acts chapter number 4, verse number 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Again, i got to stress this. The name of Christ is the anthem for every child of God. Now, you might be a Taylor Swift fan, and if you are, I pity your ever-loving soul. I hope you get right with God. I... I hope you get right with God. I couldn't tell you a single song she sings. Now, if I heard it and you told me, I said, I might understand. I might know it. But there ain't nothing about that woman that I enjoy, okay? Especially if I'm going to try to watch football, which I don't do, and all I hear about is Taylor Swift. All right, tell me who has the ball and which direction it's going. All right, come on and help me right there. If they're getting out, now, Reba McIntyre. Y'all know I like old country, but even she had a little bit of jazz on that, that American anthem. But America's got an anthem. 
And I respect it. And I honor it. And I like for people to sing it right. And if I can say it like this without being too racist, I like for people to sing it white. All right? You might want to edit that part out. I don't know. Leave it in. I don't don't care. But I don't like all the frills and the reels and all that kind of stuff. Just sing it. But the child of God has an anthem too. And it's the lovely name of Jesus. That was a period of time, and I, I don't surround myself by these folks. But Brother David, <clears throat> it, was, it was especially in women. <clears throat> but they would say Jesus weird. Jesus. And it run chills down my back. It sounded almost sensual, the way they would say his name. And I didn't like it. Now, I don't know if there's a right way or wrong way to say the name Jesus, as long as his name is spoken. Paul kind of went through that. He said, you know, some are preaching of themselves and some of this and some of that, but at least the name Jesus is being preached. So I don't want to nitpick today, but you need to understand today that the name of Jesus is high and it is holy. And it is the anthem of every child of God. I firmly believe today... Going back to Sunday school. Peter didn't say, Thomas, save me. Peter didn't say, John. He said, Lord, save me. He knew who could save him. Not only, not only Acts chapter number 4, verse number 12. What about Acts chapter number 2, verse number 21? And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, that's Jesus, shall be saved. Acts 2, 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 1 Corinthians 6, 11, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Understand today that when you're in the fire, you're in the flood, you've got an earthquake going on in your life, the anthem is not America the beautiful. The anthem is not even, it is not even amazing grace. Though that is a wonderful song, but it is the name of Jesus. The name of Christ is the only name that evokes true worship. Philippians 2, 9. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted Him, that's Jesus, and given Him a name which is above every name. Verse 10. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. That name Jesus again. Christ in verse number 12 is the lifter up of heads. Wherefore lift up the heads which hang down, hands that hang down, and the feeble knees. I, I, I started studying Hebrews, and I'm only in chapter number two, I think. I started studying it on January, around January. Just right after the first. And I've not really gotten far into it, 
but I, I started in, in chapter number one, and I started highlighting the names of Jesus. And in chapter number one, you'll find God mentioned, and, and, and you'll find names of God the Father. But in just in those first seven verses, you'll find several names of Jesus. And so, as curiosity always does for me, I began quickly to scan through all of these 13 chapters. And then in studying this, I said, I've got to go back and I've got to highlight and I've got to write all of these down. Now, many of them are repetitive. You'll see in those 13 chapters, you'll see Jesus, you'll see Christ, you'll see the Lord, you'll see Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus. You'll see those multiple times throughout. The word Christ, the name Christ is in, I believe, every single chapter of the, the book of Hebrews. But I want to give you this. You can write it down. You can like it or lump it. It doesn't matter to me. But we're talking about the mature Christian and Christ. Listen to this. Starting in chapter number 1, going all the way to chapter 13, we find that in relation to God, the writer of Hebrews called Jesus his Son. He called Him the heir of all things, the brightness of His glory, the express image of His person, the first begotten, the Lord, Jesus, captain of our salvation, merciful and faithful high priest, the apostle, High priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, Christ, the great high priest, the Son of God, the high priest, a priest after the order of Melchizedek, the author of eternal salvation, hope set before us, the anchor of the soul, sure and steadfast, a forerunner, that which entereth into that within the veil, Lord, mediator of a better covenant, high priest of good things to come, mediator of the New Testament, a testator. That one blessed my soul and I had to look it up, but you ain't going to get it today. That's another time. Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith, a mediator of the new covenant, the Lord Jesus, my helper, the great shepherd of the sheep. I say all of that within the context of those or the confines of those 13 book or 13 chapters of the book of Hebrews. And I could have missed some, but in that confines of that book of Hebrews, we we find that no matter what you need, Jesus is the answer. And no matter when you need Jesus, He is available. If you need someone to plead your case, the Bible says that He is a mediator multiple times. If you need someone to help you pray, He says that He is the high priest many times. If you need someone to lead you, He is the forerunner. If you need some, some assurance, He is Shabbat He is sure and steadfast. If you, if you're unsure about what's happened, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Uh, if you, uh, let me, I, I don't even know. Uh, let's see, the, the apostle, uh, you remember as far as the definition of apostle, it's someone that had seen Jesus Christ risen. And so if anybody's seen him risen, it has been Jesus Christ. And so if you need faith, if you need assurance that he's alive, uh, can I say it like this without being too corny? 
Ta-da! Here I am. He says, I am he that was, a, that was dead and am alive. There you go. He is the apostle. He says he is the brightness of his glory. So he is reflecting God, if I can say it like that. He is the express image of God's person. And so today, there is so much in the book of Hebrews that talks about the Son of God and what he is to you and what your position is in him. It ought to bless us today to know that yes, we got an enemy. And yes, sometimes we get carnal. And yes, sometimes we're immature. And absolutely we need to grow in grace. We need to grow in knowledge. We need to grow in wisdom. We need to grow in strength. And we need to be mature Christians. But if all else fails, there is a Christ that loves us. A come what may. And He will lift us. And He will give us strength. And He will help us. And He will guide us. And He will petition God. God for us and he will be our advocate. I want you to know today in closing that it is a happy day in the Christian life when we realize that we are not alone in this thing. When we realize that we're not alone that that we do not grow alone. That we do not fall alone. That we do not get back up alone. That we do not cry alone. We do not laugh alone. We do not fight alone. We do not sing alone. I gotta go back. I gotta go back. I think about growing and I'm thinking about Luke. Remember the first time he come to that house, Brother David, we put him on that little, little pillow, round pillow looking thing and he's just, I mean, just tea tiny. Put him in that pack and play first time, just tea tiny. And now he's about outgrowed it. He won't lay in there right. And the fool won't be still. Why? Because he's growing. Do you know he's not growing alone because our house sees him. His mom and daddy's house sees him. And they share it and the house of God sees the growth. Then we think, well, he doesn't fall alone. I've watched every one of these youngins as they've grown and they've started grow, they've started uh, getting up to where they could crawl and to where they could start walking. And I watch as they start taking those first steps. Of course, mom and daddy's right there with them, and they're watching those first steps. But you, you watch in church. You got all these adopted mamas and daddies and mamas and papas and aunts and uncles. And, and and if mom and daddy can't get to them, there's somebody there. They're not falling alone, and neither are you. That little boy, I was something wrong with him, I don't know. He got the most tickled I ever seen when we dropped a Pringles can. Dropped a Pringles can and it made that ding. And that boy laughed all over himself. Something at the elevator don't go, I don't know, something wrong. But you know what? He didn't laugh alone. I laughed my full head off. I had to walk away because I was laughing so hard I started crying. I'd cry if I dropped my own hat. I mean, I cry anyway. But you don't cry alone. You don't laugh alone. If you fall, you don't get back up alone. There's some other helping you. You don't fight alone. We may not know you're even in a fight today, but you better know this of absolute assurance. Hebrews 13.5 says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. 
You better know that you've got the Holy Ghost living in you. And you better know that you've got an advocate with the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. And He is with you fighting every step of the way. You don't sing alone. I know today's scene was a little bit different. It did, it's the, the, the noise. It didn't even sound right in here. Normally I could sit right there, Brother David, every Sunday. My little uh, sound meter will go off every Sunday. And I'll sometimes have a fit. Because Siri don't like loud church singing. And that thing will go up sometimes. I'm, and at camp meeting, man, at camp meeting, that thing will get up and it'll start vibrating every second. Every, the dearest friend I ever found, had whatever the song is, Brother Lee, Siri don't like that thing. But what she don't know is I ain't singing alone. Because there's somebody else that's already tasted about amazing grace. There's somebody else that's already heard about. I never shall forget the day. Somebody else in here has already had a dearest friend. Somebody else has been to the cross. Somebody else has got a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Somebody else loves Jesus because he first loved us. I want you to know today, you might sing, and you may be the only one that think you can hear, but I want you to know you ain't singing by yourself. My couch is right directly on the other side of the wall from, where is Braylon? Is she in the house today? There she is. And she's in her bedroom. And her back, her, she is facing my back. And I could hear her through the walls of the house. And Miss Tanya, she'll be in there. And I can't make out all the words. But Miss Irene, there's something happening on the inside. I'm saying, and my baby is in there singing one of Brother Josh Adams' songs. And honey, she'll got back to run. She'll get to singing that thing. We'll get in the car and she'll say, Daddy, can I hold your phone? Cause she knows Mine's only got the only one connected, and she'll start putting the oh, I've been blessed, and, and she'll put she'll start putting all those Josh Adams songs on there, and she's in the back seat, and she's humming them, she's singing them. You want to know why? Because she's not singing alone. Amen. You might think you're the only one singing, Ashton. I know you two got up there and sing, and it's in the garden, and sometimes you might be in the garden all by yourself, and I know you live an hour and something away and you, you've had some experiences up yonder and you might feel like you're in it all by yourself but honey child I want you to know how you ain't in it alone you ain't falling alone you ain't laughing alone you ain't crying alone you ain't getting up alone you ain't singing alone I want you to know today church how you think you're fighting the devil or your enemy all alone I know that there's a God in heaven that's already provided a Comforter, and he's given it to us. He told us he was giving it to us in John chapter 14. Uh, but when Jesus died, he sure enough forevermore, uh, when he resurrected and went away, he sent that comforter for us, and he's with us. And so don't think for a minute uh, that you're in this thing alone. You're praying alone. If you ever feel like you're praying alone, I'm going to say this, and you need to understand what I'm saying. If you ever feel like you're praying alone, you might be for a little bit. But if you'll keep on praying, <laughs> Abby Grace, if you'll stay in that bedroom and you'll just keep on praying, say, Lord, maybe something bothering you. Maybe you're worried about something. You just keep on it won't be long that that Holy Ghost said, just move over, have grace. I need room. 
And before long, you, Abby Grace done quit praying, and the Holy Ghost is praying for you. Amen. You ain't praying alone. Preachers, you ain't preaching alone. You sometimes it feel like you're preaching all by yourself. And, and Lori gets on to me all the time. I said, hey, y'all help me, y'all help me, y'all help me. And I get aggravated because y'all ain't helping me. And we get home, Lori said, it was helping you. I said, I'm sorry, I didn't know that. But you ain't preaching alone. Singers, y'all ain't, y'all ain't getting up here singing all alone. Sometimes it feels like it. Sometimes it sounds like it. Sound like nobody said amen, but there's a God in heaven. <laughs> there's a Holy Ghost in you. And there's a Christ that's promised that He'd never leave us nor forsake us. That's enjoying every minute of it. And can I tell you something? If I'm here, if I'm here, I might be involved in something. I might be thinking about what I'm about to preach or what I'm about to say. I might not be as vocal as I always am, but I'm on your side. And I'm enjoying it. If I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't have you sing. That's why I ain't never had Jody sing. Because I feel like I wouldn't enjoy it. God might, but I feel like I would. You're not living alone. Can I tell you this? You won't die alone either. Hebrews 13, y'all come with a song of invitation. I preached a lot longer than I thought I was going to. See that two points, it didn't even matter. Hebrews 13, verse 20 and 21. He says, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, If I can connect the two verses, he says, the God of peace, now verse 21, make you perfect. That's mature. That's thoroughly grown into what God wants you to be in every good work to do His will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. This morning, know that as a child of God, God desires that you are mature in Him. But God works in all of these things throughout this month and a half series. God works in all of these things, the ebb and flow of our Christian lives to make us stronger. You might find yourself at times being carnal, and that is not a good place to be in. But even if you are, you can learn from that. And you can correct that as quickly as possible by looking unto Jesus. By running back to Jesus. You may find yourself in a battle with your enemy. You remember in Ephesians chapter number 6, he tells us to stand three different times. To stand. You're trying to fight. God may want you to stand. And when you stand, you need to find the captain of our salvation and look to him and see what he's telling you to do. Let's stand.
Brother David, what are we singing? Page 143. Page 143, the altar is open. If you need to come, you come.